Welcome to the One Stop Shop Podcast. One Stop Shop is Receiptful's weekly podcast with the goal of helping ambitious e-commerce merchants learn from the best. Each episode will have a successful business person tell us their story from their humble beginnings to their triumphs and successes of where they are today. Today we interview Stacy, COO of SitStay. We discuss items like standing out in a competitive space, building customer loyalty, and delivering a quality product. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host, Jeff, and your other host, Aliana. And we're here with the One Stop Shop podcast put on by Receiptful. And with us today, we have a lovely guest from sitstay.com. It's actually their COO, Stacy Carlson. How are you today, Stacy? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. So for our audience members that may not know you or what you do, who are you and what do you do? So we are sitstay.com and we are an online e-commerce business for dog supplies. Our main focus though is working dogs, so therapy and service dogs. Um, we're pretty um, ingrained in the community locally and elsewhere with the working dog community. And then what is, uh, you said locally, where are you located at? Lincoln, Nebraska. Okay, excellent. And how about, you guys have been around for a little while. Let's rewind a bit. Tell us what you were doing before SitStay. Uh, for me, before SitStay, I actually created an e-commerce website for digital scrapbooking, which I've actually had that business since 2005. And so coming on to SitStay, I came on a year and a half ago. And I'm kind of the back-end person, the technical side of it. Interesting. Yeah, let's let's explore that for a second since we, we deal a lot with the e-com. Tell us more about your mm-hmm. e-com project back in 2005. Like what was going on in the scene and did you have tools like PayPal and that type of thing available oh, at the time? Barely. <laughs> at that point in time, there wasn't Shopify or Magento or if there was, it wasn't mainstream. So we uh, used a program called Zencart, I believe it was, and it was free. And I have designers who create digital scrapbooking supplies. So just daily download or downloads and they would sell it through the store and customers would purchase it and using a program like Photoshop, they would make layouts, digital scrapbook layouts with it. Oh, cool. And in 2005, everybody used Photoshop. Nobody had phones. <laughs> I mean, cell phones were not the norm and we definitely didn't have cameras on our cell phones. I remember those days. So I'm old enough to remember those days. Actually, Yeah, it's funny. I was a, a teacher for a while and being able to chat with my kids who kind of grew up with the internet. I was same, the similar age where we didn't have a computer until maybe my freshman year of high school. And so yeah. like knowing life before the internet and then after the internet has been uh, definitely a, a unique part yeah. of my journey. Yes. No, that's part of why I ask. So let's fast forward then a little bit. How did you get involved with SitStay from what you were doing? I was doing consulting work. I'm a huge systems and process person, and I was called in to help their distribution center get some systems and processes set up, and it just turned into a long-term relationship partnership, and they ended up bringing me on full-time when we realized that was my main focus. Uh, that's all I wanted to do was sit-stay stuff. So, Explain that moment. Like, How did you know that that was the spot for you? When I went to sleep and all I could think about was how I was going to solve the next problem. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. You know, when you stop looking at all your other clients and realizing that this is the main one, this is the one that keeps you up at night, this is the one that 
you want to devote the majority of your time to. And that kind of solidified that that was where I needed to be. How'd that transition work then? Going from consultant to I want to work with this one specific business forever. I enjoyed it. It really wasn't that big of a difference because of that. By towards the end of the consulting, I was pretty much, they were my only client. So I was spending 40 hours a week at them anyway. So it was kind of a natural transition into it. And so this was founded in 1995. Is that correct? Correct. Sits yes. Day. Okay. Yep. So, so how was it back in the day? Do you have any idea how, like, how were things done before the internet, before Shopify? And I know you touched on that, but can you elaborate on all the changes? And even after you've joined in 2005 up until today, it's been what, 11 years? Yes. Yeah. So I'm sure a hell of a lot has changed in those 11 years. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So I'm not for sure how many people are familiar with the websites that used to be on GeoCities, but that's where it started, <laughs> which is 1995 Internet. It started out as, I believe, they just wanted to showcase some of the, their favorite products. They turned into a consignment store where they were selling other people's, and it transitioned into an actual e-commerce business. So when was this transition actually into an actual e-commerce business? I'm not for sure on that. Okay. And what would you say are like the greatest challenges from 2005 until today in terms of like the changes in technology and, and how like they've changed now with the new tools that you guys are probably using and everything that's made available to you like Shopify and all the other platforms? It's gotten easier, mainly because everything used to be manual. I mean, there didn't used to be all the dashboards and being able to pull in for information uh, used to be harder to get contacts, especially if you're doing kind of a more grassroots type. Uh, my other company, we completely used, you know, Yahoo groups. That's where we focused on finding new customers. Okay. So, you know, with Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, it's opened up a huge door as far as being able to reach people that you weren't able to reach before. So how do you use these systems now to reach these people? Because more specifically, when you say you use Facebook and, and you know, you're the technical person. So mm -hmm. it's a yeah, so uh, with Facebook, it's mainly just building a community. A lot of our customers are loyalty-based, so they need to trust you before they actually return for a second time. Mm -hmm. With Instagram, we've just actually launched our Instagram program, and that is, again, it's it's making sure that people understand that we're, we're crazy dog lovers. I mean, everything about us is crazy dog lovers. We bring our dogs to work. We go to dog events. And so getting them... To, to know that there's people behind a website other than, you know, it's not just a website, it's actual people who actually care. Mm -hmm. So, okay, I kind of, Stacey, I feel like you're, you're holding back on us a little bit. I <laughs> really, really love the systems and the tech, and I know a lot of people in our audience do as well. So I kind of mm -hmm. want to geek out a little bit. Like, what are some <laughs> of your favorite tools so far that you're currently using to help just make your business functional? So I'm just going to go ahead and put Receiptful as number one, and I'm not saying that just because. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm a part of the startup community here in Lincoln, Nebraska, and I do a lot of mentoring with one of the local accelerators, which I actually went through two years ago. And any group that comes through there, any business that is thinking at Shopify, Receiptful is the number one thing that I tell them to install, mainly because the return on investment is huge. We read an article basically saying, you know, it explained that people are underutilizing their invoices. So based off of that article, we installed Receiptful and we were blown away by the return on investment. 
you know, that's our, our number one probably favorite. I tell people that that's our, they must install it. <laughs> and then if, um, let me pause you right there. I can yeah. speak objectively because I don't personally work for Receiptful. I'm where our company is currently working with Receiptful. And so what's your favorite feature of the app? I would have to say it's the upselling and the algorithm that's created to show the customers other product things. recommendations. Yes, the product recommendations. We have seen huge amounts on that with our invoices as well. The fact that it's pulling in products that they're actually interested in based off of what other people have purchased in the past. I mean, it, we can't say enough about it. I mean, because it's just a huge, huge you know, I keep seeing a returning investment and that's exactly what it is. Yeah, and then especially for you guys being in a business where you, you know, there's very like, you know, strong likelihood of building loyalty with a customer if, you know, you're delivering the product and the service that they want because they need those supplies for the dogs, right? So they right. keep coming back. So how do you use tools like Receiptful or other tools to further that relationship building and keep them coming back to you and build the trust that you mentioned earlier on? One of our big things is getting involved with communities with the working dogs. So it's not necessarily a tool per se, but it's understanding that you need to know the customers on the ground level, which means understanding where they're at. That basically, when we're involved in those, we understand what their needs. We're big on customer development, talking to the customers, finding out new products that they need. Uh, we do a lot of customer dev calls just to fill out exactly what needs we're not currently meeting. What would you say are like the biggest lessons that you have learned from doing all this? Talk to your customers. Even though I, I've learned it through both of my companies. So with my other one, my entire business was based off of emails. So I talked to customers through email. We never talked on the phone. And I thought I knew my customer. And that was after 10 years of running a business. Mm -hmm. And then when I went through the Nmotion Accelerator, you know, learning customer development and actually having to do those phone calls, I realized... When you talk to somebody in person or over the phone and actually ask them questions for the customer dev, you learn things that you would have never known. So I learned more in two phone calls than I did over 10 years wow. of just what the customer needed. I don't think people put enough weight into actually talking to their customers and not sending surveys. Surveys are fine, but you can't have a conversation with the customer through a survey. And you're not going to learn all those little things you know, the crazy little things that a customer needs that if you were to actually bring that into your website, it would be huge growth. But you can only learn those from actually talking to the customer. Just a quick question, uh, uh -huh. speaking of feedback and stuff, because, you know, and I'm not trying to push our own product. I really want you to be as objective as possible. We have a feature on Proceedful for feedback, but do you think that it's still necessary for people to speak over the phone? Because it's, it's really a hurdle for a lot of businesses, you know, doing business with customers around the world or maybe different time zones and stuff like that to be taking the phone call, which could be, you know, disruptive in a lot of ways. You can't really control how much time you can put into a phone call if a customer happens to want to chat away, you know, it could actually throw your day plan. So phone calls are not really always a solution. So and again, I'm not trying to push, you know, our feedback module, but is there any other way that our listeners can actually have a conversation with the customers, not a survey, like you said, but an actual conversation. Do you think that emails can substitute, for example, a phone call? Yeah, I think emails could. I think that you need to use the feedback and receiptful or whatever program you're using as a starting point. We had a customer tell us that she was tired of 
only hearing from companies when she gave negative feedback. Because she wanted to hear it when she gave positive too, because that is your most, if you think about it, the people who are willing to write a positive review is your most loyal customer, but they're not the ones who actually get your attention. It's the ones who have a problem that get your attention. So we use the feedback through different means as our way of communicating with the, the customer. It's the door open because if they're willing to fill something out to get the conversation started, it opens a huge door where you can either email them, you can call them. They're more receptive to that conversation. Right. I don't want to move on quite yet. I'm interested, just even being a, a business owner myself, how do you approach these conversations? Because something that I found, even when I'm very, like, honestly just trying to talk with certain clients or certain customers, it seems like they think I'm trying to upsell them and not just get to know them more, get to know what's going on. Just what conversation devices and things have you found that work well in terms of just these calls like you're talking about? I start the conversation with, you know, we really value your opinion. I, I would love to talk to you on the phone. Absolutely. This is not an upsell. I don't want to sell you anything. I just want to pick your brain. That's worked really well for me. You know, there's people who are willing to, and there's people who are not. So the majority of the time, you know, if you just come up front and say, you know what, this is not a sales call. I don't want to sell anything. I'm more interested in your needs, in your opinion. They can be pretty receptive to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. It's it's interesting. We're almost like pre-programmed to go, oh, <laughs> this person's going right. to try to make me do something I don't want to do. But it just it makes them step back and go, oh, they actually do care. So no. Yeah, I don't think it's wrong to just, you know, your, your first line to say, you know what, this is, it is not... I'm not trying to sell you anything. You know, I really do value your opinion and your insight. You know, we're just trying to make the site better. We're trying to make our products better. What things do you need? Mm -hmm. And, you know, they seem to be pretty receptive to that because it's right up front that you don't want to sell them anything. Excellent. And then this is a tangent question. May I ask where you are, like literally right now? Because I hear some action going on in the background. I'm actually at a co-working place in Lincoln, Nebraska called Fuse. Okay, cool. All right. No, it's fun. It's uh, It brings a, a bit of reality. We had this come up in one of our other interviews where the person was at a coffee house. And so instead of just ignoring the noise in the background, I'd rather just like get it out of the way of what it is and go from there. One of the things that, and I may be off because I'm not an industry specialist, but it seems like the pet industry is really highly competitive. And I'm wondering if you could speak to it all, like of why this was the space that your company chose. I'm not for sure why, you know, originally it was started. I just know why we're currently doing it. So it, it is hugely competitive. Our main point is that because we're working with working dogs and the people who own them, there's a lot of people with disabilities, people who don't can't necessarily navigate a website, who would prefer to talk to somebody on the phone. And that is our key point. We will be on the phone with a customer for 30 to 40 minutes because that's what we do. We feel it's important to be able to answer all their questions. The big box stores aren't going to do that. You know, and that's why we built a pretty good following with customer base is because we have provided support far beyond any of our competition. You've started to uh, go in this direction then. What else has your company in particular done to stand out and stay successful? We look at who our competition is as far as working dogs, and we just try to do it better. That's really all we can do. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, the old adage, you know, how are you going to compete against Amazon? The answer is you, you don't. 
you try to find the things that you can do better than Amazon or the other big box stores because when it comes down to it, you will never compete against them in price or supply or the amount of products that you can offer. But there are things that you can compete against. Mm-hmm. What about what qualities in yourself and in your actual team members do you feel like has made your company stand out against the others? We get stuff done. <laughs> you know, we're a small team, so we understand that we wear a lot of different hats. There's no hands-off. It's hands-on for everybody. Uh, like, we just launched a retail store, and that's been um, an interesting transition from e-commerce to retail. But it's, you know, everybody's learned how to do it and getting in there and just, you know, pitching in. And that's the biggest thing with our team is that everybody's so devoted to it. And we understand that we all work together. How, when you mentioned that it's a small team, how many people exactly work in the team at this time? There's four people. Four people. And uh, were, were you guys also four people when you joined back in 2005? Or has the team actually grown? It's actually grown. And when I started, there was one other girl. Well, two. And so between that, it's actually about three and a half is because we have one part-time person. Part-time person. Okay. Yep. Okay. So it sounds like all of you guys are basically wearing different hats within the team, right? Right. Right. Yep. So what else do you do then, you know, other than what's expected of you? So all the back-end stuff, any HTML coding that we need to do, installation of apps, I'm also in charge of the affiliate marketing campaign. Mm-hmm. So I'm the main contact for that. When, if I can, if I can pause, when oh, you say sure. affiliate, will you clarify, do you mean companies that you're paying out as the affiliates or the other way around? We're the marketer and we bring on affiliates okay, through right. share of sale. Thank yep. you. Continue. Oh gosh, what else do I do? The retail side, I'm also in charge of our warehouse. <laughs> We've gotten that now completely set up and... It's beautiful. <laughs> so, and on your website, I noticed that you know it said that the products are tested on the staff's own dogs. Yes, correct. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> I mean, how has this level of commitment, you know, to quality, really affected your company and building the trust that you were talking about earlier? People come to us. Okay, so we went to an expo. And we noticed that customers kept coming up and saying, I need a toy that's indestructible, that is going to put up with a dog who chews through everything. Mm-hmm. And so that led us into the customer development of, okay, we need to find that toy. And we ended up finding that toy. But then we went through the entire phase of, okay, how indestructible is this? And we knew that this toy was actually pretty good because our CEO kept running it over with her lawnmower on accident. <laughs> But it survived even a lawnmower. So, you know, and it's, we tried out with our dogs. Do they like it? Do they go through it? Do they play it? Do they destroy it? And it gives us a better understanding. So when a customer comes in and says, you know what, you know, my dog chews through everything. What do you recommend? We actually have an answer. And we can say, we have this answer because we've tested it. A quick question. What's the name of the toy you mentioned? Because I'm sure some of our users will probably be interested in that. <laughs> it's uh, the toys by Westpaw. Mm-hmm. And they have different levels of chewability, but they have some five-star ones that are, are pretty phenomenal. And Westfall has a replacement, so if your dog does somehow go through it, they'll replace it once for free. Nice. And this can be found on sitstay.com, correct? Yes, correct. Okay. What kind of dog do you have? Well, so I actually don't have any dogs. Oh, okay. 
I, I have two small humans that I'm trying to take care of. <laughs> <laughs> That's more than a handful. <laughs> However, our CEO has two dogs. She has a pug and a, it's a little boxer, Boston Terrier maybe. And then we also have a shepherd dog with the other coworker. Nice. I'm sorry. <laughs> are, are any of them a company mascot? Uh, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> they all yes, work. all of them. So uh, Hannah's dog, Dante, comes to work on a regular basis. Jill's dog, Cam, he's the pug. He comes on a regular basis. Fenway does not, though, because Fenway doesn't know necessarily always how to behave in the store. So, <laughs> But yes, we take... And Jill's husband is a photographer, so he takes a lot of pictures of Cam and Fenway as well. Okay. All right. No, that's fun. So... You've mentioned some already. You're talking about customer calls and other ways of just contacting them, being able to devote an extra time with them and make sure that their their questions are answered. What mm-hmm. other ways are you currently building customer loyalty? Through Facebook, through Twitter. Um, we're also doing Instagram. In person, again, with us opening up the retail store, it's given us a better opportunity to, especially with the local customers, emailing. We strive to make sure that our customer service, uh, we don't have any tickets that haven't been touched. You know, those are the main things. When you say social media, I feel like that's such a lofty thing for a lot of businesses and they just don't fully know how to use it and really leverage it to reach their customer. In what ways has it worked for you guys? Understanding that you can't always go to social media to sell. The, the big problems that I see, the pitfalls for companies, they're like, they only advertise when they want to sell something. So their call to action is visit my website and buy this. They need to understand that there's other call to actions like having people interact with a post. That's a call to action that a lot of people miss out on. Posting relevant articles that aren't necessarily yours that are outside companies or outside articles and posting that information. And again, it's the call to action to get those people to, number one, understand that you're not all about selling that you're actually there to interact with people and to get them to interact with you as well. We do a lot of contests on Facebook, share your pet. I mean, everybody loves to share their dog photos. You talk to um, crazy dog lover, even just a regular dog lover, and they have probably more pictures of their dogs on their phones than anything else. So, I mean, you know, we tap into that because it's important. We love our dogs, you know, and I live vicariously through my coworkers, but we love our dogs and we understand that our customers do too. And sharing that and, you know, and making sure that we respond back to anybody who posts their pictures. It's a communication back and forth and understanding that it can't just be a one-sided conversation. What's your personal favorite way to build that customer loyalty? I've always liked Facebook, mainly because you can really have long conversations with people. And over time, you actually... If you have a customer who's been there for a long time, I mean, with my other company, I have people who've actually been a customer for 10 years. And in that line of business, I've actually seen their entire families change because it's digital scrapbooking and they share their pictures of their families through their scrapbooks. And it's been interesting to know a customer for long term because you actually end up knowing a lot about their lives, you know, because especially with the phone calls that we have with our current customers, they're telling us about, you know, their dog what they've done with their dog, why they have the dog, what disability they have, what things that they're going on in their lives. And we learn that about our customers. And I think when you actually make an effort to remember that about your customers and 
so that the next time they call, you can say, hey, you know, how's your dogs doing? You know, if you can remember, a lot of times, with especially with people coming into our store, we remember what toy they bought, you know, just because that's at the forefront of our mind to remember that. And we're like, hey, how did your dog like the toy? And, you know, that's a that's a human interaction that can't be replaced. And it's pretty important. Yeah, and what about another thing that we noticed on the site was the Good Dog Rewards Program. Why don't you tell us a mm-hmm. little bit about that? Um, basically, it's just a rewards pro- program. So you purchase in the store and you get points back. We're actually in the process of upgrading that to add more rewards to our customers. So can you tell us a little bit about the, uh, the how it works or you know how, how much it helped your business? I mean, how long have you had this rewards program, first of all? So we've had the current one. I'm not for sure, at least for the last year and a half, for as long as I've been there. We haven't utilized it as much as we should have, which is why we're moving forward to re-releasing and adding new features to it. However, we see it used quite frequently with our customers, especially like the free shipping aspect, because we have the free shipping at $75. But we see a lot of them using the free shipping for smaller purchases as well. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted our audience to have just one takeaway from, from the conversation today, or one advice, if you will, what would it be? Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, you can take your time to think. I mean, and I, I do want our audience to know that we have like not given Stacy or anyone the questions. <laughs> so there's no planning. And, you know, and to be honest, we're, Jeff and I are kind of like, you know, just listening and, and really just having a conversation. I mean, we're not even sticking to any questions. So, so it's okay. I mean, we even have to think about the questions sometimes. So. so the question is, if you could just give one advice, piece of advice to our audience, to our listeners today, what would it be? Keep in mind, these are business owners or marketers yes. most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Get to know your customers. When I talk to, when I'm mentoring other other companies, it's my number one thing. I mean, there's something to a handwritten note. I mean, when you think about it, when was the last time you actually received a letter in the mail that was to you that was a thank you? It was only the banks that actually contact me by mail these right. days. <laughs> right. And, you know, I know that we as a society have moved so far away from personal I mean, the internet has changed so much. We, we can work from home. We don't have to see anybody. Mm-hmm. But adding little touches as far as like just sending a thank you. At, at my previous company, I actually sent out birthday postcards to customers where it was, I would, you know, pick 20 out of the list and just send them a postcard and say, happy birthday. You know, but I would have them message me and they're like, I haven't received a personal email in six months. And they remember that. And I think more and more companies, as we move further away from, you know, being more personal and going more towards technology, we need to take a step back and realize, you know, sometimes that gives us the, the competitive advantage because nobody else is doing it. Right, right. You're talking um, to a real human being. Right. And, you know, and, and putting yourself out there and showing them that, that you're a human and not just a website, it, it's a pretty big deal. I mean, you know. Especially that they're trusting you with products that are for, like, their pets, right? right? Which are like family members. Yes. Yeah. You know, the fact that we only have products that are made in the United States, except for one that's made in Iceland. I mean, you know, we understand the importance of those pets. The pets are their kids. And then it's important to understand, you know, what it is that your customer cares about the most. Mm-hmm. 
Stacy, for our listeners today, you know, and I know you mentioned that you have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all that, but what would you say is the best place for them to go and to find out more about your business? So it really depends on your customer base. You know, our customers are pretty much split 50-50 men and women. So there's more women on Facebook versus Twitter is more male-based. So know who your customer is in that aspect. And that's where you can really focus more heavily on. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to go to Twitter if your customer base is 98% women. You know, you can advertise on Twitter, but it's it shouldn't be your main focus. Mm-hmm. Hey, Stacey. Th- thank you. This has been a really insightful interview so far. We definitely appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you. Thank Wh- you. Where would be the best spot for our listeners to learn more about you and your company? Sitstay. Yeah, sitstay.com. All right, excellent. What about you? Are you still, is it primarily you're just 100% in on Sitstay? Or what if somebody wanted to pick your brain on some of this digital stuff? <laughs> I'm also, my other website is called Got a Pixel. And that's the digital scrapbooking website. Yeah, no. So thank you again for sharing all this wonderful info. Thank you. Thank you, Stacey. It's a pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. One Stop Shop is a production of Receiptful. Learn how to personalize and tailor every interaction with your customer by visiting Receiptful.com. This podcast was produced in partnership with Come Alive Creative. For help building, improving, and marketing your e-commerce store, visit comealivecreative.com. To listen to more episodes from this series, you can visit receiptful.com forward slash podcast. Or if you want to give us a rating on iTunes, receiptful.com forward slash iTunes.